Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero, and in this podcast, we help college students just like you get internships and job offers from top companies. In this podcast, we explore topics such as networking, interviewing, resume writing, and many other topics that will get you those jobs. Not only do I speak on these topics myself, but I also interview other subject matter experts, including CEOs, university presidents, and Fortune 500 executives. We also interview college students just like you in the hopes that you can relate to their stories and learn from their journey. So if you're a college student looking to get ahead, look no further and welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast. All right, so before we get started, I want to take a couple of seconds to tell you about the Mastering College to Career Academy. The Academy is a mentoring program that helps college students land the jobs of their dreams before they graduate. In this academy, I will teach you application hacks that will automatically help you beat over 90% of all other job applicants, networking tactics that will give you access to the hidden job market where over 80% of jobs are filled, interview techniques that will practically guarantee you make it through every round of the interviews and win the offer. And I will also connect you with my network of thousands of HR professionals and hiring managers that love hiring my students. So if you're interested in learning more about this program, just send me a message and let's see if the Academy is a good fit for you. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, I got Diego Sombrano in the house. He is the Deputy Director and Vice President of Programs for the Congressional Hispanic Leadership Institute. And I'm excited to have him on the show today because we will be talking about what it looks like to work in the public sector, the nonprofit sector, the go- for the government, all this. And especially when you're coming from a minority background, right? Because it's not something that we automatically think is to say, you know, I want to go work for the government. So, Diego, welcome to the show. How are you doing? How is life treating you right now? Hi, Daniel. Life is, uh, life is good, healthy and strong. So, uh, so I think that's the most important thing that we've got going on in, in the specific circumstances that we're living in. A- absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Like, you know, the fact that we're healthy and we're able to have this conversation is a blessing on itself, right? Absolutely. So, Diego, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and really kind of like what got you interested into, you know, this field? So, um, as Danielle already uh, introduced me, my name is Diego Sombrano, and I am originally from the the state of New York, but raised in in Miami, Florida. Uh, Both of my parents are are Colombian, making me Colombian-American. Started off my, my life in the public sector working for the Colombian consulate down in Miami. Worked with them for, for five years and, and later went off to work for uh, Congresswoman Ileana ross Layton, first Hispanic female elected to Congress in 1989. And um, worked for her in the House of Representatives as her director of community engagement um, for three years and a month. And, um, and now I, I work for the Congressional Hispanic Leadership Institute, um, as we refer to as Chile, and um, as their deputy director and, and VP of programs. Um, so that's more or less what, what my life has, has been working. Um, other than that, I did my, my bachelor's in international relations and political science. 
and um, a master's in public administration from the University of Miami. And, and that's, so what really motivated you? Like, where did you, did you always grow up and say, you know, I want to go into the public sector? Like, I want to go into kind of the, the politics or just, you know, serving the people? Like, or was this something that you realized you wanted to do when you got to college? So I think that this, uh, that one of the things that when I was growing up, um, I really wanted to get into, into diplomacy. I, I was, one of my dreams was always to become a, a, a diplomat or continues to be one of my dreams. Um, and I started an internship after, you know, during my college years at the Colombian consulate. Um, and that's truly where I started, you know, feeling very connected to what this internship was and to what I wanted to continue uh, my career to, to be in and sort of be that advocate for, for, you know, people that, that are not only Colombian, but for Hispanics as well. Um, and not only for Hispanics in South Florida, but for Hispanics around, around the country. Um, so that's, that's really how I started, you know, before getting into college, I was thinking of doing business, um, you know, very broad, but I, I wanted to go into business administration, international business, um, but after seeing that this opportunity kind of rose and, and I was able to do my internship uh, in public service, working for the Colombian consulate, I, I discovered that, you know, there was international relations or there was political science and it was something that I could potentially, you know, graduate from, uh, you know, FIU where I was studying at the time and, you know, make this uh, a career path. So, and that's exactly what I did. And why a diplomat like why did what intrigued you about like become you know the goal of becoming a diplomat so you know when i was young i thought a diplomat was was very it was very cool to be a diplomat you know you were able to travel around the world live in you know different places um but so other other than that i i felt that a diplomat was someone that represented me in you know this country that i was living abroad so I was, I felt that, you know, I had some sort, I could be that sort of representative um, specifically for the Colombian people here in, in the United States or, you know, specifically Miami at the time. Um, and, and I wanted to, to kind of just be an advocate for them, see what I could do for the community. And, you know, I, the way how I could was, you know, by, by possibly working at, at, a, at a consulate, which is, which is what I did. Um, and kind of just being there for the community, you know, during the time that I worked there, uh, we, I went through, you know, many things for, uh, I, well, we went through many things with the Colombian community. You know, there was a change of passports, a change of IDs. And although this sounds very, you know, small, but, but it's very big when you're not living in the country where, where you're from, you know, we were that extra support for these, uh, for these families and for the community. So, um, so that, you know, that was, that was my first start. Um, with, you know, being an advocate for, for the Colombian community. And then after that, you know, going off to work for Congresswoman Ross Layton, it was more of being an, an advocate and, and working for the Hispanic community of South Florida. Um, and, you know, not just strictly for them, but uh, everybody kind of saw uh, the Congresswoman as, as an icon or continues to see her as an icon, uh, especially because she was able to to become the, the country's first Hispanic female elected to Congress. So knowing that that's possible, also made you know made it possible for other for other females that are now in congress and you know this is this continues to go on 
Um, and now with, with Chile, it's more of, uh, you know, continuing that advocacy, but geared towards the students and, you know, not students specific to one region of the country, but students across the country. So, you know, we currently have students from the East, from the West Coast. And, um, and I think that advocacy is really just part of it, of, of what, you know, I'm, I'm proud of doing and, and what really does thrive me in continuing every day. That's amazing. I guess I want to kind of just ask you, like, if I'm coming from a student, I want to imagine myself being a student right now that, you know, is interested into going into the, the public sector, right? Whether it is, you know, working directly with a congresswoman or a congressman or a senator, or maybe with a government agency or a nonprofit. But is there a route to success or is, it, or is there many routes that can lead to, to the same destination? I think there are many routes that can, you know, sort of lead to this, to this one destination. I, I think you just really need to, um, you know, be, be able to, to feel that you truly want to pursue that. And, and once you can, you can, you can definitely accomplish getting there. Um, you know, these, these offices offer internships year round. Um, you know, they're, they're there for, for us, you know, as, as constituents, we're, we're able to call our, our members office, apply for these internships. Um, and, and I know that sometimes in, in, you know, in these minority communities or, you know, Hispanic communities, at least, I know that many parents don't see internships, um, as, as an added value or as valuable because they think that, um, you're just working for free. And, and although that, that is somewhat true, but you're still getting that added benefit in building your resume and in being able to network with other people and getting to know other people and people getting to know you. Um, and once you have your foot in the door, that's, that's truly the only way for you to, you know, continue rising to, to what you want to become. You know, when I was a college student, other than SGA, which is student government association, I had no idea how I can get involved, whether it is in politics or even going to Washington DC and doing an internship. I just, maybe I just didn't know the opportunities out there, but Let's say somebody's listening to this podcast and they're minority first generation Hispanic student and they're interested about politics. They want to make, they want to be part of the change. They want to, you know, they don't want to just have an opinion, but they want to actually act like, what do you, what advice do you have to them about getting involved? Like what is the best way for them to find themselves in Washington, DC? I know probably a lot has to do with networking, but is there, is there, and a way to start? Like what would be the first actionable thing that they can do for them to start? So, um, so when I, when I did my internship for the consulate, um, which was, you know, the only internship that I, that I truly did, what I did without truly knowing if they had an internship program, if they had, you know, an internship platform where I could just turn in my resume, I, I went to the consulate and I spoke to um, one of one of their diplomatic aides and I asked if they had an internship program and they said they did and then I applied and I, and I got it. Um, I think that you just need to, you know, you don't need your parents to sort of guide you. You, you know, you can, if your parents can, because they might not have the, you know, the knowledge of, of where to go or what to do, but, you know, universities have resources that can totally help you out um, in finding what, what is out there for you. 
um, what applications you can, you know, apply for or what better suits you. And if, and if that is, you know, getting into public service or, you know, specifically in, into a government program or an internship here at PDC, um, you know, the universities are there. And if you feel that, you know, there isn't that connection with, you know, the counselors and the students, which I know happens many times, you know, I, I, I think I must've met my, my guidance counselor two times during my, my undergrad, um, you know, I was, I was able to, to just go online because, you know, the internet is a great resource now. So if you truly just want to get involved in something or, or, you know, apply for an internship, I think the internet is, is there for us. Um, and even, you know, if, 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 you know, politics is something that you're interested in, uh, you know, working for, you know, volunteering for a campaign right now, it's, it's going to start to become campaign season. So it's definitely an opportunity for you to, to volunteer and, you know, just kind of be um, vocal about where you want to go or, you know, what maybe what candidate in, is of interest to you. And, you know, you just go in and, and apply, you know, it doesn't have to be a paid job. It probably won't, but it'll definitely be a volunteer job that'll, you know, get you inside to kind of just know what the ins and the, you know, abouts of, of what a campaign role is. And um, that's definitely a start to get into, into government, even if it's just, you know, in your local um you know, you, you can't start from zero and go straight, you know, to, to something huge, but you know, you have to start somewhere. What do you, what do you think are the most common routes that a recent grad can take if they want to go into the public sector? Um, I think, I think one of the, the best routes from what I've seen uh, with students that I've currently, you know, they've, they've, they've gone through our program with Chile uh, is, is the internship route. I think the internship route is one that opens up many doors to students, whether that's an internship here in DC or that's an internship back home. But I feel that these internships truly do open and set, you know, the student to, to go further um, because it's, it's that type of, it's that type of, um, you know, sort of uh, job that they need before getting that real paying job. Uh, so uh, about a few semesters ago, there were students, I, we had a cohort of, of five students that all did our internship here in DC and all of the students were able to successfully land a job at the end of their program. Um, and, you know, that reason was truly just because, you know, they did our program, they internshiped, uh, they, they interned and they were able to, to not just land an internship, you know, position, but they were able to get an internship position. And then after that internship was done, get a job. So, and it's, it's something that I continue seeing, um, after these internships, many, you know, there's, they, they have enough information for their resume that they can build to later on go and apply. Diego, and I, you know, I obviously heard a little bit about your internship program before we even opened this call. And I think there isn't many, and I'm telling you for someone that like is very familiar with the industry market, there's not many internships out there, like the one you guys offer. It is not your traditional internship. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what the program looks like and then what are the type of students that are a good fit for this internship and how can they apply? It's a, so it's a um, semester long internship. It either is in the spring or in the fall and the students, you know, they're, they're brought out here to Washington DC where I'm based out of and they do a full internship with a congressional member. So you get to do an internship on Capitol Hill. And then the other portion of that internship is with a, a corporate company, one of the corporate boards that are on, on our uh, board. 
So that could be working for Federal Express or UPS, but under the government relations belt. So you'd be working in their offices. Um, and it'll kind of just give you the opportunity to see what it is to work with government and what it is to work in the corporate side of government. So it's, it's a great way for you to kind of decide where you would like to take your life um, and see what you would like to do. And then on, you know, on top of all of this, you know, we also do a monthly stipend. We pay for monthly transportation stipend. Um, we fly you from wherever you live out to DC and back. Um, and it kind of just also gives you the opportunity to network, uh, which is, you know, DC is a very big networking city and it also gives you, um, you know, to kind of just grow with how to network, how to, you know, fix your LinkedIn, how to give business cards, how to introduce yourself in a meeting. Um, and you know, a lot of our students are placed in, in these types of events where, where they learn and then, you know, they take all this back to their home or to their community or, you know, apply for a job and stay in DC. So it's, it's, you know, that's, that's the gist of the program more or less. Um, and applications, you know, it's, it's all through our website. It's an extensive application, but you know, it's open to all majors. It's not just limited to, to those that are interested in, in government, but it's open to all majors, not just political science majors. Um, and not only that, but it also focuses on, on students that aren't just United States citizens or residents, but all students that have, you know, some sort of legality to work in the United States, you know, they can totally apply for this program, you know, DACA students. So I know that many programs or internships kind of bar students from joining just because of um, your status, but our program does, does not. And that's amazing because I feel like if any student that, you know, gets selected for this internship, the, the ability to have, you know, work for, you know, a Congress person or a Senator or, and then be able to work in the public, uh, public, not public relations, but, um, oh my God. Public sector. Yeah. The public sector and be able to have both sides of it. It's incredible because you could do it all in one internship. The network that you can create it. It's, it's insane. And I know that you guys support the students. It's not like it's, it's hundreds of students that are doing this internship. It's really is a very close knit group of students and that you guys very do a really good job supporting them throughout that semester. And so Absolutely. how can they apply? Should, should I just put a link on the website on the show notes so that students that are interested? Yes, yes, yes. I'll, I'll send you, um, I'll send you our, our website so that you can, you know, be able to post that up because it's, it's, you know, it's the only way for the students to apply. I mean, you can also put my information in, in case any students that, that are listening to this are interested in, in joining the program. You know, like I said, it's open up to every student that that's there. Hey, Daniel here. We've just hit the middle of the episode, but before we move on, I want to share the story of one of the students who recently went through my academy. Hey guys, David here, and I just got the internship of my dreams, and I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for the help of Daniel and the Master in College Degree Academy. Before the program, I had been looking for an internship for about two years, and I didn't get anywhere. I sent out more than 100 applications, got called back for five interviews, all of which led nowhere. Then I met Daniel, who introduced me to his program, and my progress skyrocketed. Uh, Daniel had, has been a recruiter. He's been out there, he knows what works. Um, he knows what recruiters like. And with those tips that he gave to me, I was able to do way better and immediately start putting you know, his teachings into practice and getting called back for interviews and offers. Um, it was wild. I'd never imagined that it would be as successful as it was. Um, if there's anyone out there that was like me when I was looking for internships and not getting anywhere, 
I highly, highly, highly recommend, I can't recommend it enough, that you become a part of this program. Uh, Daniel, you know, Daniel offers a, a money-back guarantee. If you don't like the program or if you can't get a job, which is insane, you know, like, <laughs> it gives you no reason not to do it. If your life will be better and you'll end up getting making more money because of it anyway, right? So, you know, what are you waiting for? Give it a shot. It'll make your life better, I promise. Uh, thanks again to Daniel and the, the awesome program that he made. I owe my life and my future to him. If you want me to help you reach your career goals, just contact me. And now let's get back to the rest of the show. In terms of qualifications for it, I know that the major is not necessarily, but what do you, what do you look for in students when you're selecting or maybe what, what are some of the things that the students that have done it in the last couple of semesters have had in common that made them successful at this internship? So I think other than that, it's more of um, what kind of makes, you know, it's a very competitive internship. So, you know, like, you know, to your point, we don't pick 50 students. We don't pick 100 students. We pay somewhere between five to 10 students for the internship on, on a, you know, semester, every semester. Um, so I think one of the things that we look for more is what what kind of makes you unique in comparison to other students that are also applying what makes you stand out you know how what do you do for your community what are you currently doing for that community you know what what kind of thrives you and you know there's many pieces of um the the internship once you go to apply that'll make you kind of stand out and so we give you the opportunity to stand out on top of that but so it's to see who truly does stand out even when you're given that opportunity because not everybody does so, so I think that's, that's pretty much what, what we look for. You, you mentioned that DC is a very big networking city. Like it's about, you know, who, you know, a lot of times, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for students? Because networking applies to all areas of, of life. Like it doesn't matter what your major is over 80% of all jobs are filled through referrals and networking. What are some tips or advice you have for students to help them improve their networking skills while they're still students? Um, I, I think, you know, with networking is a big part of it is, is a little bit of confidence. Um, you know, you, and it's, and it's very hard to say, don't get me wrong. You know, it's, it's easier said than done, but, um, when you kind of just, you know, let that barrier go down and, you know, just have the, the ability to go up to someone and introduce yourself. And if you have a business card, you give that business card, but, um, those are the students that I have seen truly success are the ones that, you know, just sort of let that barrier go down and and go up to that person. So, you know, we, um, in our program, we give students about a hundred business cards with their name and their information. Um, and only one of those students, you know, since I've been with Chile in 2019, only one of those students has gone through all of their business cards in a span of, of three months. So, you know, we had to do another order of business cards, but that student is one of the students that, you know, is, is currently thriving and, you know, has, has a great job, um, got multiple job offers. So, you know, that's, that's truly what I've noticed and what I would recommend. Um, like I said, you know, it's, it's harder than, you know, than saying it, but, um, if you truly let that barrier go down, that's one of, that's one of the key components to it. If you can go back to your freshman year of college, what would you do differently or would you do anything differently? 
Um, I don't, I don't think I would do anything differently, to be honest with you. I felt that, uh, what, what I did kind of carved the path that I'm currently in, um, which is public, public service, uh, you know, truly just being that advocate, um, for, for the community. I think, um, if, if there's one thing that I would have done differently, you know, maybe it would have been applying for an internship similar, you know, to, uh, to, to the internship that I'm currently leading or to a similar internship up here in DC. Um, my fault was I just didn't, I just didn't investigate. I didn't research. I didn't mm-hmm. find it, you know, and these internships, they're not going to go and knock on your door. Um, you need to go out and find them. So I think that was my fault because I didn't do the research um, that I should have done, but you know, what I did, you know, to kind of, you know, balance out what I'm trying to say is, so I didn't research online, but I did go, you know, and, you know, literally just knocked on the door of the consulate and asked if they were doing any internships. So because I did that my freshman year of of college as well. So, um, but I kind of do regret not coming up to DC if, you know, at, at a younger age, but, uh, but I, I still don't think I would completely regret it. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Um, so I think, I think public service is definitely, you know, something that I, that I would like to continue. Um, like I mentioned before, I think one of the things that truly makes me who I am is, is continuing that advocacy um, and, and really just helping, you know, our community and those that don't have the opportunities to, to be that voice, you know, that underrepresented voice you know, across the country. And, and I would like to continue working for that, you know, continue working for, for our community. Um, and, you know, to earlier what I said, not just that, you know, my South Florida community, but, you know, all Hispanics across the, across the country, because um, although we're all Hispanics, but we're all so different and we all don't have the same means that, you know, maybe a Hispanic in, you know, Miami or Orlando might have. So, you know, I feel that the most important thing is is to kind of be that support and that advocate for Hispanics and continue bringing them out to DC. So, um, you know, where that job might lead me, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, but that's definitely something that I would like to continue doing. If you're offered to be the, the diplomat representing the United States in Colombia, would you take it? Packing my bags. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get there? Like, other than, so, you know, so that's it's, a it's presidential appointment, right? Would that so, be? There's, there's many ways. So you could be a presidential appointee mm-hmm. um, and, you know, probably get some uh, ambassadorship somewhere or you, you study, you can, you know, you go the harder way and you study, you go through the foreign service officer exam. And you pass. And once you pass, um, you know, they set you through kind of like a school and then they set you through, um, they'll give you a list of, you know, what countries would you like. But this is, this is a rigorous exam. This is a rigorous process. Um, I took the foreign, the FSOT, I took it once. Um, and, you know, I got, I got halfway to what I truly wanted to, you know, where, where I should have been. But, you know, I, I just took the exam just to take it you know, I didn't study, I didn't, you know, and and I did fairly well for not even studying, but I just wanted to take it to see if, if this was truly what I wanted. Um, but you know, I can, I can take this test whenever, you know, I'm, I'm still young. So I, I plan on maybe taking it, 
maybe not in the next five years, but maybe, you know, thinking of a, of a 15 year, 15 years or later. If it could, if it could not be Colombia or to be the top three countries you would ideally want to be stationed at. So, um, so I, huh, that's a good question. So one of, one of the things that I wanted to do, uh, in my life before turning 30 was to visit 50 countries. Um, and I've managed third, I've managed 48. So I'm, I'm too short and COVID, uh, kind of, I just don't think COVID's going to allow me to, to fulfill those two other countries. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to stick it at 48 for now, but, uh, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to visit many countries and one of those countries that I've, that I've truly connected with, um, in visiting was, was Mexico. So Mexico is truly one of, one of those countries that, that I, that I, you know, hold close to my heart. Um, the United Kingdom is, is another country that I would truly, you know, enjoy. And I think, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the UAE just because you know, Dubai and Abu Dhabi's, you know, are these kind of magical places that you just see pictures of online. But once you're there, it actually does exist. So, so I think I would, I would limit it to those three. Those are, yeah, you're going after some big countries like, like the Mexico and the UK, you might as well just add a Canada to a list and make it really, really make your goals really, really big. Yeah, right? Canada. Yeah, well, you know, I, I would, I would, I would actually, you know, I'd like a, a Spanish-speaking country just because it would be an added, it would be an added value for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dream big, and I'll, and I'll pick those three. Well, let me ask you a question. In t technicality, right? If you were to go to the embassies of two countries that you haven't visited to, and just stand on the gate, would that be considered visiting those countries, right? Because you're on their soil. Would that help you reach your goals? You're, I mean, you're in Washington, D.C. You're, they're yeah, all there. No, 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 no. They're, they're all here for the most part. No, you know, I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it's impressive to see that, you know, so many embassies are on. So here in Washington, D.C., in case you guys haven't been to Washington, D.C., there's Embassy Row, which is an avenue with all of the embassies um, that have representation here in the United States. And it's, it's very impressive to see that, you know, the Chilean embassy is right in front of the embassy of Algeria. Um, I just, I, I don't think that will fulfill what I kind of want, but you know, it's, it's a step close. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I think, um, you know, so would it count or no? So no count. I don't, I don't, I don't, I think, I think I'm going to go on a no, on a no count. So Diego, um, what, like, what advice or what would you say to someone that just doesn't believe in politics? Like, and, and not in the sense that it's not that they don't believe in government, but they maybe don't feel like their vote counts, right? That, hey, I'm just one of 300 million. Um, mm -hmm. Who cares what I think? Who cares if I vote? I think, I think we all have our, you know, the civic duty of voting because um, this is a country that we live in. This are the laws that we all have to abide by. Um, so, so yes, you are you are just one you know vote, and depending on the state, your vote matters a little bit more or a little bit less. Um, but I think that you know that that one vote counts because um, you are you are doing you know this the minimal part, but you're still voting. I mean, I could I could say the same about myself. You know, I'm I'm just one person 
trying to get, you know, as many students who are advocating for Hispanic students to come out to DC. Uh, you know, but I'm just one, you know, I'm just one little person in DC trying to get, you know, one of the biggest, you know, minority groups of students to come out and, you know, be represented. But I'm, I can't think like that because I need to, I need to feel that what I'm doing is, is not only, you know, an added value for me and, you know, to make you feel good, but it's an added value for our community. So if you're voting for, you know, you're not just voting for yourself, but you're voting for your parents, for your family, for your community. That's, that's who truly at the end of the day you're voting for. And that's who you should be worrying about your community. Because, you know, if, if you're not there for your community and for, you know, your family, then there's, there's really not much going on. You also can't, you know, you can't say you can't, there's no opinion because at the end of the day, you, you didn't matter, you know, you didn't vote. Um, so I think I think that's I think that's one of the things that that really should push you to vote, you know, for for your community. That's that's yeah, great, 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 great point, Diego. Well, thank you so much. What is the best way to contact you? If I am a student, and want to learn more about you, is LinkedIn the best way for, for them to reach out reach to, reach out to you? Yes, LinkedIn LinkedIn is a good way to to reach out to me. I know that the both of us have had uh, LinkedIn exchanges, um, and if and if LinkedIn, because I know that you know many university students don't always have LinkedIn, um, you know, they, or they're just starting to create their LinkedIn. Um, I know it took me a while to get my LinkedIn, but so if LinkedIn doesn't work, you know, feel free to to email me. I can I can give my information to to Daniel so that he can you know post it somewhere. Um, and, and yeah, those, those two are the, are the best ways to contact me. If, if you're interested on the program, if you're interested on anything else, you know, please feel free to, to contact me. Diego, no, thank you. I would definitely put your LinkedIn, uh, profile link on the show notes as well as your email. So if you're listening to this and want to connect with Diego, there it is. I will also put the web, um, the link to the internship application. So if you're interested in about learning more and applying that link will also be on the show notes, Diego. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, taking time out of your busy schedule to come join us today on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Daniel. I, I really, you know, I had a good time. I hope that somebody will take some value out of, out of this or, you know, out of the context that, that was spoken today. Um, and it's, it's really just, you know, it's really at the end of the day, it's, it's for you guys. It's for the people that are listening to kind of just get an idea of, of what it is, you know, to come out to DC and that, um, not only the idea, but to know that the opportunity does exist and that the opportunity is there for you. So, um, so like I said, you know, I, I really do hope that you guys take something out of this. No, I, I absolutely. I think we definitely talked a lot about, you know, what it looks like, uh, to try to, you know, go into, you know, the public sector, just sharing your story as an example, of how you went from the Colombian, you know, consulate to, you know, working directly with the Congress and now, now working for an organization. It's just an amazing story. And it shows students that there's many paths and many avenues that you can take um, to get involved in, you know, the internship opportunities. Those, those are amazing. I mean, if I was a student, I wish I knew that existed. Um, um, I really, really wish, which is why I really wanted you to talk a little bit about it. Because like you, I didn't take the time to research that when I was a student. And really, there's a lot of other great opportunities that are out there if we just took the time to do it. So hopefully this podcast prompts you to not only look into this particular internship, but what other, what other opportunities are out there that might be a better fit for you if you're not into the politics, right? Like if you're not into the public sector, but there's other great opportunities out there. So my biggest takeaway from this podcast is there's so many amazing opportunities out there. 
or we're not taking the time to research it because I did that. Like Diego talked about how he, he didn't do that either. Um, and it could change your life. So thank you so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode. All right, my friend, congratulations for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. In the age of short attention span, this speaks volumes of you. So now, if you found value in this episode, then I am sure you're going to find value in the Mastering College to Career Academy. So if you want to learn more a little bit about that academy, go to masteringcollegetocareer.com or just send me a message. And thank you so much for listening and catch you guys all on the next episode.